was absolute terror. And um, I was in the lounge room and I couldn't move. I could barely move my eyeballs. I couldn't cry. I couldn't scream. And when I, I could make a noise, I would just like sh shriek and um, I would have, I was sweating and then not sweating. I couldn't go to the bath. I just was just like entombed in my body and um, I had 24 hours of this just excruciating pain and this is so Richard he comes into the room and says okay you've had 24 hours of pain are you gonna put into practice everything you've been doing and I looked up at him and I looking up at him I went oh <laughs> and as soon as he said it, I had a Perusian warrior come through. As this Perusian warrior came through, he kept showing me gold armor. In the other room, Gigi is drawing the being that I'm at the same time. Like <laughs> the pain dropped to a numbness that I could handle. And then reptilian type being that doesn't look like the normal media reptilian being called house presented and Gigi was also drawing that being as well she usually draws a few at the same time Gigi house presented and house showed me how to heal my ions and move them around my body and you got to accentuate the positive You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello, welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to be with you all again. Well, we're going to get galactic today with the beautiful Elsa Dillon. Welcome to the show, Elsa. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> so another Aussie, a fellow Aussie. She's uh, living up. Let me let me read your bio and tell people a little bit about you. Both Elsa and her husband, Richard, were international fashion photographers and videographers, shooting celebrities, magazines and advertising they were behind the scene professionals for over three decades and Richard and Elsa met at Fashion Week in 1997 and I'm going to put this photograph up that you sent me because I think it's such a great photograph of the two of you. This was the year that Elsa started waking up realizing everything is all about energy. As a child Richard was around a lot of corruption living in Sydney amongst aristocrats, elites, and politicians. I can relate to that. I grew up around all that. <laughs> From the age of five, Richard meditated daily in the sun and astral travelled. He was a brilliant chess player at five also and an Australian motocross champion at 11 for seven years. And you did motocross with him as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Their last film in cinemas was The Matrix. They filmed The Matrix in Sydney, knowing many of the characters in the film, like Neo, Mr. Smith, White Rabbit, and the Red Dress Woman. I actually don't know all these. I think I only know ah. Mr. Smith. And Mr. Smith is, um, is um, what's that actor's name? It's not Hugo, is it? Hugo, Hugo Weaving. 
Hugo Weaver. That's Mr. Smith, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, now Elsa and Richard live on a farm in the hinterland near Byron Bay, New South Wales, Australia. They have eight children and believe that this is the Dillon family's second incarnation together here on Gaia. Their family oversouls all called together again to incarnate in this realm at this time for a purpose. They are a family of experiences receiving messages from many beings, oversoul connections and happenings with paranormal. They've seen, is it over 600 beings to date? Is it 600? Yeah, we, we don't really count. Uh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Because <laughs> I read a couple of it, it was 400 yeah. and then 600, but a lot in many forms and from many multi-dimensional realms. The family has been sharing their experiences only very recently, since 2000, beginning of 2022, with people who are ready to hear and experience. And just before I started the recording, Elsa was saying, the reason I write experience is because when people hear our story, they have their own experiences. And you've got a fabulous website, which is called spinbeings.com, where you can read more about them. So I was just saying to Elsa that I've heard you speak on many podcasts and um, Brandon Thomas's Expanding Reality and Third Eye Salon and quite a few others, but I haven't got the whole story, like how it started and how it unfolded and why you've started sharing it just now. So I'd love to hear how it started. It says in your bio that in 97, you were having realizations that everything was energy. Yeah, please share how it all started. All right, so we'll start at 97. At 97, I met Richard. And the the day before I met Richard, I was fully electrocuted. Fully, wow. Like, like shut. I don't know if I died or I didn't, um, but uh, I woke up sometime later to my little dog licking my face. So I I was young. I just like getting things done. I was painting the apartment. I cut an electric wire with scissors on a ladder and I woke up um, pretty much on the other side of the room. Wow. Out. And uh, then I met Richard the next day. And uh, so that's an, that's an interesting story because it's not every day you get electrocuted either. So <laughs> it was a big deal. <laughs> anyway, I met Richard and I was like, who is this? I actually tried to. Uh, get out of the date because I just didn't just didn't feel right <laughs> and he's like I'm already on my way to pick you up so it's happening I was like okay <laughs> so it was definite it well I wasn't going to get out of it <laughs> uh, so Richard and I got together and uh he was very he was very different to everyone I had met he was kind of like the opposite. So for, for a long time uh, in the fashion industry, I'd tell everyone, you've got to date your opposite. It really works. Date your opposite. <laughs> uh, but I really, uh, with Richard, he was so matter of fact about how the world was. It really started to uh, shut down my way I believe the world was very quickly probably in the first hour of speaking to him my whole world started to crumble because I had this Disneyland type vision that you you go to work you get a career you have children and you build a house and and you you know the whole formula well boy did he just uh, 
he shut it down. He told me of the experiences of him as a child. He told me about astro traveling. He told me how he plays chess and um, told me about uh, how to uh, slow time down and speed it up. And I, I remember walking, I remember, I think I spilt orange juice on him nearly two or three times in our first date <laughs> because <I> was, <laughs> my whole world was like just... But I also appreciated it as well. It was like I, I was waiting for that, that information. And it was pretty much straight away. We just were together after that date. And uh, I just realized that I started realizing that everything is energy. It's about our energy. I realized money isn't money. It's about energy. I realized that... Um, by slowing our speech down, uh, creates different energy, listening to people's speech in different ways uh, so you can hear frequency. Uh, then we learned about, I liked feng shui because we bought a home and uh, so we did uh, feng shui the home and I really loved the way energy works through the house. Then we did kinesiology and Richard was very big with acupuncture for healing because from all these motorbikes accidents, I think he's broken nearly every bone in his body. I know, crazy. Uh, so uh, his mother was with natural therapies. Yeah, she, she was very, uh, you could heal yourself a lot. So uh, if you broke your bones, she'd feed you comfrey. So that was so that's what she did for Sir Richard and he would heal really fast, really fast for the major accidents that he had. So then I learned about uh, how herbs heal you. So we were doing, and then we were into um, astrology and we loved astrology because um, we loved how the stars were a map and we thought if we have a map of this, with the stars, if we have a map, then it might make our process working, weaving through life a little easier. Well, boy, did that open a few can of worms. 1997, the astrologer said we're going to have multiple children. And I was looking at going, really? With Richard? Because <laughs> we were on planes all the time. So I was like, how's that going to work? And uh, then she, they said uh, your third eye is not only going to expand a little but expand a lot. And I still hadn't come to grips really what a third eye was. And they said that you will be, she says you're royal. And I was like, royal? Oh, maybe we're going to shoot the royals. And she said this will happen in 22 and 23. You will be go global with your royalty. And I was like, oh, so we must, we must be going to shoot the royals then. <laughs> well, I thought, because uh, how do you, because a lot of the time when you go to these spiritual people, uh, they're channeling. So uh, they don't understand the information. They're just telling it to you. So she didn't know either. Yeah, yeah. And she said, I don't understand how you're royal. She said, I can look into it more. I said, no, it's okay. But I honest, I just thought, oh, well, we must be going to go to the UK or Denmark. <laughs> but that was because we were in photographer mode, so that's how I interpret it. They also um, they said that it's not just you that goes global, it's the family. And I was like, 
wow, so the family must be coming to UK as well. <laughs> That's and then we left it there. So we don't, uh, we never would dwell on anything. It never really fed our egos or anything. We were, we always believe that you create the energy within you. So we believe that it, we wouldn't go to a roller coaster to have a high. We would create our own highs through a high of doing a great photo shoot or, a, or, or riding the motorbike in a great way or riding the horse in a great way or planting a gut garden. We would get natural highs from those experiences. Uh, so we realised the importance of that uh, then. Uh, we were we were successful, so we were buying lots of homes, and and then we had uh, life insurance and life insurance. I, I was like, because we were doing the the normal procedures, you know, uh, buying homes and investing so that we would have things for children and doing all the right things. And I just said, why do we have life insurance? So that means. So if you pass, then the, all the homes are paid off and um, so it's a security. So uh, why don't we just get healthier <laughs> and not have life insurance? So then we have clearer messages of how to work and weave our way through life so we don't need to rely on the system and pay this money and work extra to pay for the insurance <laughs> and keep the energy for us. So, so then we, we started to literally clean up our act. So we started, uh, kinesiology was probably um, the most dramatic of that for, for me especially because um, a lot of the things that uh, hold you back are within you and they're so deep. And your body is, and mind is so clever how it hides it in all the cupboards. <laughs> and. Uh, you don't. You think you've just cleaned out enough cupboards, you know, in your psyche, and then there's a whole other cupboard, or under the cupboard, or on top of the cupboard. <laughs> and so that's what we did. We cleaned up our act because, you know, I knew that we would have children together. So I wanted to make sure that I had cleaned up my act enough so that by the time the children would come through, they would come through a clean slate. They weren't going to carry my fears. Because we do, we carry a lot of our family fears. And I just didn't want to do it that way. <laughs> and that that's then it brings us to the children. The day of um, Gemma, where Gemma was conceived, was a really big day. It was the day we ran over my dog. <laughs> so I really learnt about death and birth. Well, on a, in a, I death that was my first death and that was really hard because I I did not understand how I was holding my dog in my hands but it, they're gone so where where have they gone where did they go and that was a really big uh, that was a really big moment for me and you know a questioning of who I am and and um, what is us? Where? So are we? Re we really are avatars in these ships. <laughs> so that was the day that Gemma was conceived as well, and uh, there was also uh, a 
this the next day was the solstice the winter solstice and um it was also a total eclipse and that day richard took me out he said you can't stay home crying you can't you won't your crying will not bring him back i said oh i i did something wrong i i i've got to stay here with his body Richard's saying you can't. So Richard made me come to this new motorbike place with him. This is where it gets very entertaining. This motorbike place was a uh, private land and it was very secret that we were there and we only a couple of bike riders would go there and it wasn't motorbike as in motocross. It was those motorbikes that look like the horse that has a sway back and they're uh, a specialty bike called Trials. And it's all about um, balance and they compress the motor and bounce up. So they, they're like rabbits <laughs> on motorbikes. <laughs> and uh, it's very big in Europe. Anyway, so it was a new skill for Richard to learn and we'd met this group of people and they took us to this location. We'd never been there before. It's 20 minutes or 15 minutes from the Gosford Glyphs and we spent about six out, six years there so that was the first four children in that location. And I would, while Richard was riding with these other people, I would sit on the big, big beautiful boulders and they have carvings in them of craft. And, and I'd run my hands on the great engravings. And I didn't realise that that's what the Indigenous people do to keep the story going in these carvings. They would... Uh, through the seasons of them walking on the land, they would go past the drawings or carvings and run their hands over them and that would give them longevity. So, uh, you know, I naturally was doing what the Indigenous was doing. And I'm sitting on all these rocks and I would also teach each child. So we had four. We'd go on little bushwalks with the dogs and they'd ask, what do you think that one is? Okay, that one's a spacecraft and that one's this. And but I didn't think anything of it. Like I'm just having a bushwork and we we're picking up different waddles and flowers and listening to birds. And uh, so it was, it was beautiful. That. And, and Richard's happy. He's having his exercise. And so everyone was happy. And then financial crisis hit. We lost everything, which is fine because we still had each other and we had our health and we couldn't find anywhere to live in Sydney. No one wanted seven kids in the house. So we only had seven at that point. And <laughs> it's a funny saying, but that seven. <laughs> only had seven. We shifted up here and um, shifted up to Byron and Byron wasn't, you know, flash then. I mean, it was, wasn't what it is today. And we lived in a little farmhouse. And then we found out we had Jeannie as well. We shifted to Byron in 2011 and it was uh, shifted in spring, first day of spring we came here. It was really pretty because all the uh, macadamia farms had all the blossoms out. So it was really a nice time to be here. Anyway, uh, I had a fetish with tomatoes and uh, Richard was like, you are eating a lot of tomatoes. What is going? He goes, oh, you're pregnant. <laughs> so I go, no, I'm not. He goes, you're pregnant. I've never seen you eat that many tomatoes. You're pregnant. So we knew then we had Jeannie. 
we thought that we'll even get healthier living up in Byron. It was it wasn't quite what we thought up here. We we because we've had natural home births, so we actually had to keep it a bit of a secret up here because uh, we sort of phoned around the midwives up here and they did not want a thing to do with me. I was classed as a multi-grand tip. <laughs> Horrible name. <laughs> multi-grand tip. That's what they call It's a term and it's where you've had too many births, too close together, and it doesn't fit the government's formula of having healthy births or something like that. So they can basically report you and then you have to go and have the baby at hospital. Well, that was like my biggest nightmare. Uh, so we weren't um, fixated on the whole home birth thing for the home birth reason. Richard and I dislike fluoro lights. We, can't, we find it really hard going to shopping centres. We're very fluoro light sensitive and we can hear it humming to us, the light. And we don't like the air conditioning and we don't like the confined feeling of being in the shopping centre because usually they don't have many windows out to see light. And so, and the other thing at hospitals is you have to eat their food. <laughs> so that's the main reason that we had home first was because we preferred being at home with our pets and the food. So it's quite funny when you think of all these reasons why we've done things. Oh. So we're 2011 and they're talking about December 2012, the world is going to end. I was like, really? I don't know. I don't. So you mean I had all these kids and it's going to end? What? That's not fair. <laughs> so, because it's a lot to go really big and then really small and then really, really. I was like, that is so not fair. I'm not having that. Anyway, um, 2012 happened and it didn't, nothing like that happened. But what did happen for us was that our, um, I asked the children what they missed about being in Sydney and living on the water and because uh, we're living in, a, you know, the farm now. I asked them what they were missed and they said they're bunk beds. I was like, so you're telling me my whole life in Sydney, the only thing you're missing is the bunk beds. Okay, well, I could get us, we'll, we'll get you some bunk beds. So we got two sets of bunk beds and all the kids would sleep in one room and we would sleep with them in the same room and we'd just pull all the mattresses out on the floor and then the bigger ones like to sleep in the bunk beds. The two that slept in this one bunk bed was uh, the eldest and the fourth child, so Gemma and Jet. And, um, they were sleeping next to the power meter box and we didn't realise that they were getting really ill. They, uh, their whole face changed. We couldn't take Gemma in public. She lost her memory. She was grinding her teeth down. We have dental records of the, her teeth just being sheared down like through the night. Jet's body wouldn't heal. Um, he had open sores. So you imagine a boy on the farm and he'd get a cut and then you get another cut and basically their cuts wouldn't get smaller, they would get bigger and then join each other. So they turned into ulcers and he just they just weren't healing. They were getting really skinny but skinny in a weird way, like the hair was falling out and we were like, what if, 
what's going on? We've shifted here to get healthier. We thought it was cat scratch disease. We were looking at all solutions, what it could be. Um, no one could help. In that same time, we were having weird things happen to us in Byron. People were coming up to us and just random people on the street would come up and grab our hands and say, you're an ET, you're the Messiah, you're this. You know, I was like, hey, Byron's really weird, right? <laughs> and, and then I'd ask other people, I'd say, do they do this to you? And they say, oh, no, no, maybe it's something about you guys. And we'd have, we also were having our power in our house short out, like, every week shutting the whole house off um and we kept having to ring the real estate and say can we have the electrician out again and uh the electrician kept coming over that we had two different electricians and both of them kept saying what is with you people it's it's you guys you're shorting it out like they because they couldn't work it out either what was going on and anyway one night the kids had just dozed off and we were about to doze off with them. So we go to bed quite early. We go to bed as soon as we've had dinner and the sun goes down, so six, I guess. It was a raining night and Richard and I hear this explosion and then we, the house is full of smoke. And we've gone, oh, we're on fire. And we're in a little wooden farmhouse, so we realised how serious this, we have to act quickly. And uh, we realised the power meter box, not only the power meter box had exploded, but it exploded the junction box <laughs> on the power line and it took out the whole region. <laughs> on a rainy night, you know, 30 or 40, 40 I think we were, that place was 45 minutes from anywhere. And so we did the right thing. We rung the electrician. The electrician shut down and notified the state electrical and the electrician said, you know, you're raining. You know, you're out in the middle of nowhere. No one's going to come out. They might come out in the morning. As he's on the phone, the trucks, three trucks, state trucks, are passing our farm road and drive down our driveway as he's on the phone to me and he's going, you guys, what? You've got angels watching you. What I have never seen anything like this before. So he's on the phone, and I'm seeing these trucks come down the driveway. Because it, and it's not just one truck. So we're really pitch dark, and then all of a sudden you have this entourage of huge trucks, and they they light the whole area up. So it looks like you know um, something you've seen off a movie. It's all, all lit up. Kids didn't wake up. No one wakes up. <laughs> like they're missing the whole thing. Uh, then they said, look, we've, we've fixed it and made it so that the power's back on for the region, uh, but they might come back and put a smart meter on in the morning. And then they left. And I just looked at Richard and I go, can you go back to sleep? And he went, no. <laughs> so I said, well, the internet I think will be back on, so why don't we just sit up for a bit? And uh, I'm going to Google this smart meter box because I know I've heard they're not good. Anyway, so I started Googling the smart meter box and then I saw something about EMF, just the tiniest thing. And um, and then I started digging about the EMF and uh, I think it was Red Simon came up and his son got cancer and has passed from EMF. And I realised, and Richard and I both realised that Gemma and Jet are severely damaged from the emf 
And then I said, and what's this stuff about ETs and angels? And then Richard looks at me and he goes, they've been talking to us. And I went, who has been talking to us? The electricians. He goes, no, no, no. Someone above is looking after us. You've been asking the universe for help for these children and they've been helping us. We're just not listening. And I went, oh. So then I start looking up ETs, angels and ghosts because I don't really know anything about it. And I realised that night that they come through water, electricity, glass and we had a raining night and I was like, wow, they have. I said, oh, boy, they must be up there laughing at us. They've been shorting the house out for six months. They went, right, we're going to have to explode the house. They're not listening. (laughs) So so now I know about ETs, angels and aliens. So it's interesting. I just want to interject here, you know, the (laughs) The other night I watched one of my, I re-watched, I think I've seen it a dozen times, one of my favourite movies, Powder. Have you ever seen Powder? Oh, my Never God. seen Powder. <laughs> so it's about a young boy. His mother was electrocuted when she was about to give birth to him uh, through a lightning strike and she dies and he is a, um, what do you call it, a, a, he has no pigment. What do you call that? Anyway, he's an ET here on earth, but he's quite strange. And he lives with his father, abandons him, and he lives with his grandparents in their basement. And he has a different electrical circuit to him. And so on their house, they've got all these uh, lightning rods so that lightning stays away from the house because lightning chases him. So he, when, if he goes out in a storm, lightning chases him. And it's just, it's the most amazing movie. You've got to sit down and watch it with the kids. But as I'm listening to your story about the electrical and the kids and everything, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is the real powder, (laughs) you know, like. I've had so many conversations with uh, people who have, um, you know, connected to their galactic lineage who have a different electrical circuit and they um, they can't wear watches. I've actually never been able to wear a watch, but they uh, one girl, Lauren Kurth, said that she would walk under lights and the lights would just blow and the street lights would just blow as she'd walk underneath them. And I'm, I'm speaking to her and I'm thinking powder. So there's something about, you know, having this lineage, uh, a certain type of lineage that, yeah, your electrical circuit is really different. So two weeks after that, and this is what's interesting because by us sharing with your audience what will what will prevail for them from this, because this is what happens is you get ignited by hearing these, your atoms in your body pick up this, these messages from somebody else's share, from someone else's story, someone else's tale to tell. And so two weeks after that, that experience, I'm in the mirror doing my hair going, you know, why, why do I have black hair? Why did Richard choose this colour for me? Because I didn't choose this colour. Richard? coloured my hair after our fourth child, Jet. Uh, Ten days after his birth, I went into postnatal depression. And uh, even this story is amazing. I was called a hag on the shoot. You look haggard by a makeup artist. And my hair was probably a little bit going silver 
um, and it was falling out on one side just because Jet would eat so much. And I, uh, I didn't actually believe in postnatal depression, but I, 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 it, it turns on like that. And um, I, it's the most, you go into like a trance and Richard said it was like um, I was a zombie. And so for two days I wouldn't breastfeed. We had the three other kids as well as the baby. Um, I wouldn't communicate to work. I wouldn't talk to anyone. I was just quiet. I didn't eat. And he freaked out. He was like, what am I going to do? She's not going to go to hospital. She's not going to see a doctor. What do I do? And so he thought, okay, well, it's been triggered by the hair. Maybe I'll change the hair. So he went and bought black hair dye and cut me a fringe. <laughs> and I looked in the mirror. He coloured my hair. So I'm in trance. It's weird, right? I'm in trance. Like I'm talking about the story going, wow, that's re- it is a weird story. Anyway, I'm in trance. He points me at the mirror and I look at it and I go, I like it. And that was it. Postnatal progression off, 48 hours. Maybe it's vanity, I don't know, but it, it, uh, the visual of me seeing myself with the black hair was because I don't think I would ever have gone from blonde hair to black. I, I would, it would have never crossed my, I would have never done that. Anyway, so now I have black hair. <laughs> anyway, so I'm in the mirror. So now we're jumping from Jet's birth, which is 206, that, that, that story. And we're back now in Byron and it's 2011. And uh, I think it was just after Valentine's Day. Actually, it was so it would be 2012. So we've had the end of the world. It didn't happen and we're still here. <laughs> and just after Valentine's Day, so around then, two weeks later, uh, doing my hair, going, why do I have black hair? Why do I have black hair? And I look into the mirror and I see the bust of Mef. And uh, my father is Egyptian. He was born in Egypt. My middle name is Alexandria, where he was born, and he would play in the pyramids. And he told us that the stars built the pyramids, not humans. And that was it. That was what he always said to us it was just like yeah that's what dad says and my papu and yaya would say the same thing uh the, when my father came to eat from uh he went to egypt they were in a war and they got separated from family and he went to new york for a year or two and then his parents shifted to australia and then um the brother and my father from new york shifted to Australia and as they were coming out of the boat they got off the harbour and he lost all his uh, luggage in the Sydney harbour the the rope snapped so the only thing my dad had from Egypt of his things was the bust of Neff in his brother's suitcase which was in the next pullover of luggage so growing up in the house I would always say to my mum who is she who's that lady I know her my mum's like, you don't know her. She's from Egypt. I said, yeah, I do. I know her. No, she's from Egypt. Okay. Anyway, um, so I'm in the mirror and then I see the bust that I remember from when I was a child. And then I hear, start hearing the voice. But it's not my voice and it sounds different. And I smell 
different perfumes and I, I can feel heat of a different land while I'm looking in a mirror. And uh, I came out and I told Richard, I said, this, the mirror's talking to me. And he goes, oh, those mirrors. <laughs> okay, no, no, this one's personal. This one's, this one's really personal. And uh, he said, what is it? And I said, I think it's Cleopatra. <laughs> Cleopatra? He goes, you're getting up too early or this um, breastfeeding's really affecting you. Oh. I said, no, no, it's Cleopatra. So I looked up and it wasn't Cleopatra, it was Nefertiti. I said, she's talking to me. He goes, okay. Well, it didn't ease up. It just got more and more and more and not just with the mirror, uh, through everything I was doing through the day. And I thought I was literally going crazy. And I told the Richard about it and he's like, well, how can you prove anything? I said, I don't even know. I don't even know how to prove it to myself what's going on. He said, well, have you Googled it? Or I said, what, what do I Google? What word do I Google? Because <laughs> I didn't. Dolores Cannon came up. Dolores Cannon is an exact doppelganger of my grandmother. She sounds like her. She looks like her. And I instantly resonated with her voice. And um, I realized that she was traveling through her clientele to other realms. And I go, oh, so that's what she does. Okay. And that was all I needed to hear. <laughs> that was all I needed to hear. And uh, uh, as um, the years went on, because this is, you know, 2012, the years went on, um, the family would hear me talk about the experiences that I would have with her. And then um, we realised that it wasn't just me, it was the whole family involved um, because the other members would present in the, the voices and things. And uh, the kids said, you know that we're all in the same order. So the other realm's children are in the same order and the same sex as ours. And I was like, how is this possible? Why is this happening to me <laughs> on a farm out in the middle of nowhere? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Uh, but we just kept it to ourselves. We were already weird as a family to other people. You know, they're the, they're the Dillons. They have all the kids. They're fashion photographers. Uh, you know, they're, they're already different. They do things differently, the Dillons. So I didn't want to tell anyone I told a childhood friend about it in 2015 never spoke to her again I didn't even tell her the whole thing I just said that we uh, had an inca incarnation back in Egypt and that was it I never so I just realized I can't this is not to be shared not yet anyway <laughs> when did the beings started making themselves known to you so you were having some maybe some past life recall and hearing some guides when did like other off-world beings start making themselves known to you and and how who who was the first to receive this information well we were having a lot of uh, military craft but odd military craft sometimes it was military sometimes it wasn't military because it would wouldn't uh, move or have sound like normal craft then we were having like lots of stars so this was going on all the time because we lived in the country we could see it because the sky is so dark like it's 
pitch black. So it was really easy to see. Uh, you understand once when you look at stars enough, and we do, we are very, we observe the stars a lot. Uh, you understand where the constellations are. We understand it through mythology. And so we know, we map the stars all the time. So we know that's not a star. We know that one's moving differently. And the sat satellites don't move like that. <laughs> And planes don't move like that either. So we were seeing that sort of stuff. We were hearing uh, trumpets in the clouds, like metallic screeching noises. Uh, we would wake to that. We would wake up and the house would be literally shuddering. So I would think at first it was earthquakes or um, some bombing type thing, but we realised that it was um, a, a craft or something going past. Uh, uh, we would see things, uh, we were seeing uh, flashes, horizon flashes. So a flash goes out, uh, but horizontal, not. Um, and we're seeing all those sort of things. And it wasn't until we shifted to another farm. So we've shifted to a few farms up in this region. Uh, we shifted November 2017. Had the, I had the big craft experience and uh, the way... Mary Rodwell described it, which I thought was a very clever way of describing it. Is she said that was like the catalyst that set it off and it was like from that point it was accepted. So it be through our acknowledgement of it, of this craft experience. Uh, speaking in interviews, I've learnt that I had a tenon back, that's what they call it, <laughs> so a 10 in back is I was only gone for 15 minutes, our time, but I had a 10-year download or experience on the craft. And um, we didn't think anything of it, but um, the, uh, when after that craft experience, the, no one would talk to me, no one in the family said I smelt the same, they didn't call me mum anymore, they said it was like I was possessed. So they took me to kinesiology because they thought there was something wrong with me. They thought it was possibly maybe I was doing too many regresses with Neff and something's happened. And so what happened with the craft experience? Did you see a craft? So, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So we were doing all that work, so with animals and healing and everything. So I would literally be asleep in my bed and go, I have to get up. I get up because I could hear a fox calling. And so I'd go out in the paddocks and watch the foxes and the baby foxes play together. Or I would go, there's a python on the northeast side of the house. And which is like, you're supposed to be asleep. I go, but how do you know? And I said, because I can hear him talking to me. He's over there. So sure enough, we go outside and there's the python uh, or wild dogs or dingoes. <laughs> and so I would just get called out in the middle of the night to not only just animals but also the trumpets in the sky or lights would call me up so they I would go out and then they would happen uh so one night I go out and I'm out in the paddock and I'm with the horses and we practice natural horsemanship so we understand how a herd works and um, the horses uh all gathered around me in a herd to protect me and I went oh there must be wild dogs coming. 
and then they start sniffing the ground and then they did some weird stuff that I've never seen horses do. They looked up. Horses don't look up. They just don't look up because they don't have natural predators up in the sky. They just, I never see them look up. Uh, unless you hold food for them up, they never look up. <laughs> anyway, so I, I look up and I was like, wow, what a beautiful night looking at the stars. And then I think on a second, they don't look why what's different about and I noticed that the stars were like a black it was like a black mirror and then I went whoa and it filled the whole valley so we were on a 200 acre valley farm there so we're talking huge was heading north and the way I was looking at and then I could see the edge so I could see the edge and then I could see the stars and then I realized it was actually uh, like a mirror or a hologram and then I started to see blue veins connect to all the stars. And I went, whoa. And then I, and then I could feel the hum. Now the horses are still looking up. And there was like a hum noise coming down onto us. And uh, I don't think it had wind, but it definitely was moving the hair. I could see the hair moving on the horses. And they were holding ground. So they weren't bolting. Because if there's danger, they will bolt like fast so they were holding ground so I knew I was safe and I knew that they weren't going to do anything to me then I woke up in my bed going is that a dream and she goes how did you sleep I go I don't know I had one of those I think I had a weird dream because what happened he goes I said I was out in the paddock but now I'm in bed he goes oh that is a weird dream I said this one was big babe this one was the whole valley but maybe i Maybe it wasn't real because I'm in bed. He goes, well, when did it happen? I said, right then. He goes, but you're in bed. And I went, yeah, I know. I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, I went to go outside just to do like my normal farm chores and I see my gumboots at the front door. Now, I, I'm, fasti- I'm just so, I always put everything away because if we leave our gumboots out, brown snakes go in so and big spiders, they're really big. So I know I always put my gumboots away and I was in an interview with someone and they said it's like you left your gumboots out as a sign because it's so out of character for me to leave my gumboots. I know it sounds like nothing to most people, but it's a really big deal for me. Uh, and it was like the gumboots was a confirmation of the craft. And I said that to Richard and he goes, oh, well, yeah, that was the biggest one. And that was it. That's all we did. We left it at that. We just kept going on with our day. But what happened after that was um, nobody liked me in the family. <laughs> it's like who, no one would talk to me. And it got really, it was horrible because um, uh, I was like a stranger. None of the animals really liked me either. It was quite the whole, everyone, no one, they said I smelt different and um, I, my voice sounded different. And so they thought that this regresses that I was doing with Neff was just affecting my mind. So they sent me to kinesiology a few months after this craft experience. But we didn't think anything of the craft. We didn't think that the craft was making me possessed. We thought it was more Neff situation. So we go to kinesiology and she goes through everything on me. She goes, this is weird because normally there's something comes up like hydration or family or birth or your mom or teacher at school and 
nothing's coming up. And she said, you're like a clean slate. And I was like, oh, that's a weird thing to say. And then she said, I'll try one more thing. And she says, I've never done this before. I'll ask if it's outer worlder. And she and I was like, outer worlder? What, what, what's outer worlder mean? She says, just bear with me. So she asked if it was outer worlder and it took her straight to that date. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so this is because of that craft experience. And then I was like, oh, great, I'm not possessed because I was starting to think they're going to have to do exorcist on me, you know, all that. Hollywood stuff <laughs> so I was like oh not possessed well she didn't feel comfortable with me she left the room she was a bit on. and then they brought in another gentleman and then they worked out how long I was gone and they kind of shoved me out the door and that was okay because it was probably just the vibration was too much got in the car and told Richard and he was like and the kids were like great that's so great that it was from the craft because we thought you were possessed so then and then that was we left it Again, just left it, allowed it, and didn't stew on it. Well, then the kids start drawing and they start seeing ghosts. And it was like this lift had happened. It was like because of the acknowledgement of the craft with the whole family and a third parties. And now we're seeing, they're seeing ghosts. They're communicating to ghosts and demon type things and, um, things in shopping centres, they, they're drawing them <laughs> and it just got more and more and we were getting taken to sacred sites, asked to do clearings, groundings and it just got more and more and more and more. Yeah, <laughs> which brings us to now. <laughs> wow. Wow, it was great to hear the story chronologically, <laughs> how it, it all unfolded. Yeah, Palladian mothership. I always say that when I think about big ships, Palladian, that covers the whole sky, Palladian mothership. Have the beings identified themselves? I know that, you know, it's only the human mind that needs a name and an identity, but here we are, third-dimensional linear human minds. Have they identified themselves and said what their relationship is with you, like especially the beings that took you on 2017? The ones on 217 were part of Richard's Oversoul group. Okay. They weren't them, but they were disciples of them or affiliates of them or, or some some connection to them. Uh, the, the, all the other beings. So that when we hear all these uh, terms of uh, different beings, it's quite interesting because uh, it's no different to how we are when you say someone's of Asian or yeah. from uh, Muslims or yeah. from India. Yeah. There's not just one type. There's mm. multiple on top of that. So there's all all different versions of them and they're, they're like just like us. Yeah. So uh, we don't uh, pigeonhole them too much, you know, because we're just meeting one version. And it's the version of our version. So um, when a being comes through, uh, they'll sometimes tell us which direction they're from, which constellation. Uh, sometimes they'll give us uh, healing practices or digital technology and codes, uh, which we don't understand a lot of the time, but we, we write it all down. Uh, they give them light language as well. 
So what I'd like to know is, uh, I know that they probably haven't got one message, but what's been the overarching communication from the beings? What do they want from you? What's their message to you? What's their message to humanity? What have you felt? Well, that's a good question because that's one that I asked a lot. Why, 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 why? Why does it have to be like this? Why does there have to be so many? Like, why can't we just do one? Uh, why does it have to be multiple? Why does it have to be so many different beings? And this is part of the show. That's what they say. This is part of the show. They have made it this way for you to present this way to assist others and I'm like but it's so the whole story is so out there like really it's just so out there and they said it has to be that way and I was like really okay so I've just got to deal with it so I didn't talk about it what happened is my uh, teeth started deteriorating and about to fall out my mouth and because I wouldn't go and I knew I could self-heal myself I worked out the metaphysics of it and the metaphysics is to speak out. Mm. I don't want to speak out. Yeah. Well, you better speak out because your teeth are going to fall out of your head. You look wow. like, you look like literally my teeth look, I look like a skeleton. And uh, so I went on social media well, the 5th of June, 2020, went on social media and uh, it, that, I, I went into a few small chat groups and things mm. and I realised this is quite unique. Um, I realised that I had, I didn't, I didn't know about anything psychic, but I was doing pretty much, you name, you name it, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know that I was doing it, but I, I can do it. And I can, I don't have to turn it on. I don't have to meditate. It just happens instantly. Mm. So that, that was weird. But then other psychics and channels would start telling me stuff uh, and they would zoom in on me on in chat groups. So then I started feeling like I was hijacking these groups because the attention kept coming to me and I didn't want that. I didn't want others to feel that with me. Um, but it was, it was it would, and it would happen all the time. Then that we would be in meditations and they would have our family members and us come through in the meditation. So we're doing a group meditation and then I come through on three or four people in the meditation. So I, I was like, wow, this is, but then I, so I pulled back because I thought this is a little bit overwhelming for others because, I, you know, I can feel other people. A lot of people thought I was um, some FBI agent because I was remote viewing their life. <laughs> I was like, yeah, so that's that's definitely no. <laughs> if you saw what I have to, all my farm chores and the gumboots, I'm not in it. <laughs> the kids love that one. They thought that was hilarious. They go, well, you do wear a lot of black. I said, oh, come on. Like, okay. woman, woman in black, men in black. Yeah. <laughs> when did you meet Mary? So you obviously found Mary and she helped you sort of unravel a lot of the understanding. Well, yeah, Mary, uh, so uh, Dolores' energy came through, which is grandma. Yeah. And she said, uh, you need to contact the star lady. Okay, who's the star lady? And it's it's my friend. And I said, well, who's, who's your friend? And it's Mary Rodwell. I was like, oh, 
So, um, and I, I did hear of Mary Rodwell's name back in 2011, but I didn't need, need it then. I didn't need her <laughs> then. Uh, so they said, contact the star lady. And I said, oh, about what? And so I didn't know what. And then I started hearing the kids say on the media, mom, mom, there's like aliens. They're going to use it as a tool to manipulate people with these aliens and they're going to scare them. And they said, but they're our friends. And I said, well, I know they're our friends, but not other people don't perceive them like that. They have different experiences. And they said, yeah, but they're our friends. We've got to help them. I said, and they're going to scare people. They're going to scare little kids like us. And they're going to miss out on all the, the fun that they could have and the, and the knowledge. I went, okay, um, all right, all right, all right, I'll send an email. So I sent an email to Mary and I just told Mary that our kids have been drawing beans and they don't have one or two. They have like hundreds, each of them, different and different experiences, all of them. And uh, they're okay. They're nice. They're, we've had nice experiences. So if you can share that with the kids that you meet with, um, if we can help them or you could show them those pictures that might ease the people that you uh, have as your clientele. And Mary was interested with the kids and she set up a, we set up a meeting in uh, February 2022, just before the Lismore floods, two weeks before the Lismore floods. Yeah, which we were in. <laughs> that was huge. For people that don't know, up in that region where you live near Byron was massive flooding, like I think probably some of the worst flooding Australia's ever seen. It wiped out country towns and Lismore, being a large country town, was completely devastated, completely wiped out Yeah, from yeah. the floods. So it was just before the floods and, wow. Yeah. Mm. So the night before I met Mary Rob, I was like, what am I going to say? Like, how, where, where am I going to go with this? Because she's going to think I'm a loony. <laughs> Not Mary. <laughs> well, yeah, no, because I hadn't met her yet, so I, I didn't know. You didn't and, know, yeah. Yeah, and I hadn't watched all the – I don't watch uh, much on uh, interviews, so I didn't know her personality or how she would approach it. Uh, but I went out and I said to the stars, will you – put me here, you're doing all this stuff, you better help me out. What do I have to do? And they said, you're going to make more videos. And I went, what? I'm asking for, I'm asking for help for Mary. What do I say to Mary? You're going to make more videos. And I'm like, but we haven't worked, so I don't know what that means. And, then, and that was all they gave me. So I meet Mary. Mary and I chat for over three hours, three and a half hours, and I told her about all the beans with the children and she said, so how did it start? So then I told her about, I said, well, it didn't really start with ETs. It started with the other realm. And she went, what's the other realm? And I told her and she was like, oh, wow, this is, this is crossing over. So now this is interesting because this is actually crossing over many fields. So when you it's, say the other realms, what, what do you mean by the other realms, like ghosts? And no, I well, we call the other realm Nef and Akem's realm. So we call them Nef and Akem. And Akem. It's Akhenaten. Akhenaten and Nefertiti. Yeah. Okay, Nef yeah. and Akem. Mm -hmm. And then all their children. And uh, so we said it really started for six or so years with them and then the ETs. 
she's like, whoa. And then we started explaining to her about the gospel glyphs. And uh, anyway, so she said, uh, and she sent me a video and said, do with it what you wish. And I was like, okay. So and then I got the, vi- and I was like, I got the video and there's no Mary on the video. It's just me. And I was like, no, it's just seeing me. They want to see the star lady, not me. So she recorded your conversation. Yeah. So the, And I she could, said it to you. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. And it was and just so, you. Mm-hmm. Everyone that I was in with these chat groups wanted to hear what Mary and I had spoken about. So I just thought, I can't give three hours. I mean, they're going to fall asleep. So I just cut it off and did like a model video of it. And I thought, uh, how am I going to get them to see it? So I put it on YouTube so that I could get them to see it. Oh, well, that just sent everything off after that. That was right. So that was, that was the, that was the beginning of us coming out. So that was, yeah, just end of February, just after the floods, yeah. So what I get as I'm tuning into you is it's only just begun. Ah! <laughs> oh, oh, whoa, that's a doozy. Like, Hang on, I'm going to have to sit with that for a bit because uh, it's been so full on. It's like, been full on, but when I when I say it's only just begun, <laughs> I, I asked you the question, yeah. what do they want from you? What's their message? Like, and they've answered that question and they're saying, well, it's still unfolding and it's only just begun. So the the lead up to to, tw- to February 2022 was just your preparation and your yeah. par- was your paradigm shift and and getting you up to speed with who you are and why you're here and what you're here to do and who the kids are and what that like it's just the paradigm shift it's like a 30 year paradigm shift sometimes it takes that long uh, but often what they say to me the guys is that they allow people that are more star nation focused uh, that are here on earth at this time to lead a a very human life um, for as long as possible until they wake them up like there's always little signposts along the way but that you know like you have to know what it is to be human what our thought forms are you know the money system the matrix you have to really embed yourself in the whole matrix to understand the human uh, condition and then, and then we're going to wake you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the communication, yeah, has only just begun. Mm. Well, we've found with uh, doing the connections with interviews overseas, so we'll have things happen live on the shows. When I'm in the shows, things will happen. Uh, we've had uh, ET craft. I was in a Zoom the other day, and it, we had to stop. I had to ask the lady if it was okay if I stopped because my son's calling me outside because we had a huge fleet go over. So uh, we've had uh, messages from uh, code messages and things come through. We've had uh, AI. I know AI has been a big topic for a lot, but we have a different interpretation of it. Um, What's your interpretation of AI? Because the AI has just exploded in the last... 10 months like near mm. 10 months like it's just exploded and yeah. a lot of stuff has been released that I don't know was was due to be released it's like the cat was out of the bag and then the bag tore open and all the cats ran out like yeah it's just because it's been the AI that we're experiencing now has been available to use for years 
mm-hmm. but it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been public. And now it's like, yeah. So what's your interpretation of AI? So as a child, I was kind of dyslexic and I'd say things backwards, so, which is weird because uh, since this whole journey with the beings is, um, and Neff, is they take me back to the origin words. And so uh, the way they make me read words is very different or hieroglyphs or patterns or symbols. Um, they will take me back to the origin place of them, which is great. Because once you go back to the origin word, you I call it we the what I how I explain it to kids is there's a lot of goop on the words. And the words have shape shifted over many realms. And it was not what it was. What it what you're saying and the words that you're speaking, uh, you're casting a spell without knowing what the actual origin word of those words are. So AI is and again, please these are our versions and our messages that have come through and um, they might not resonate for other people but that's what makes us all different so uh, ai is so you have a and then you have i so a is a dice one bean that's what a is a is in symbols is a, a, an arc with a center cross through it I is I one I being a dice. They're, they're all the same origin words. So A and I are actually the same origin word, just different versions. So you have being and being. So it's a mirror. And they're showing me two mirrors at each other. And AI, AI mimics us. So if we are vibrating for the highest good or in a light state of being, AI will mimic that. If we are behaving in not such a great way, which we don't choose to be that way, we choose to be this way, if we're acting in fear and doubt and worry and drama, AI will mimic that and uh, it sort of has to do a lot with uh, law of creation. Law of attraction. Law, law of, of attraction. attraction. Everything has to do with law of attraction. I know. It's like everything we use. I had a big fight years ago with ah. my brother about Facebook because he doesn't have Facebook and uh, he wouldn't ha- let his kids have Facebook and he said, oh, Facebook is this tool for um, making kids commit suicide because people go on Facebook and and bully and that was his experience of Facebook and I'm like well my experience of Facebook is that I found um, spiritual teachers and galactic experiences and experiences and and spiritual people from all over the world through Facebook you know I've had this amazing experience on Facebook and so it just depends on your consciousness like it Mm. depends where you're at what you're using whether you're using an AI tool I guess Facebook is an AI tool or, yeah, it depends on the consciousness using it. Absolutely. Yeah, everything is law of attraction. But um, as we get these tools that are so um, advanced, it means that our consciousness really has to change, really has to raise, and we have to get more unified, less competition, more collaboration. And, yeah. Yeah. And just understanding that each person is their own ship 
their mm. own star and uh, allowing them space. Some, and sometimes they'll be vibrating more than you or less than you and that's okay. Everything affects everyone differently. If it affected us all the same, there would be no point of us being creation because the point of creation is to create. So to to, to create is uh, to be have your ions here on earth and put them into act shon, act ions, act shon. If you can put your actions into actions, which way are you going to choose to put them in? And you, you'll hear people say, oh, I had to do this. I have to do that. They're on default. They're really gooped up with all the program. Um, but a lot of people that we had come across, they do things because it feels good to them. They help other people because it feels good to them. They look after animals because it feels good to them. They assist an old lady across the road because it feels good to them. Um, they say hello to someone on the side of the road or at the shops because it feel, they want to feel good and we just have to keep showing up like that to ignite the others to feel good. And the, the feeling and the senses is what I spoke about, who we are. That's what we are. We're in this container with all this water ions and our sense comes in and flavours the water like source, <laughs> literally essence, and we flavour the water and our water flavoured and that person's water flavour comes together as their pupils, as AI, similar to AI, and my pupils talk to these pupils and we share and we expand. That's how I explain it to the kids. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> share and expand. You're here to share and expand. Yeah, absolutely. When I asked you that question about what their message is, I think the main thing that I got that you've said is to share the experience, is to, you know, like, this is happening. <laughs> Hello, this is happening. They're here. There's a couple of things I want to ask you. Yeah, go on. One thing we have had a lot of is people say, well, so you're not shooting anymore. So how are you surviving? And oh, I yeah. Mm -hmm. What we find is the more we act our ions and we have no idea why we're doing it. We have no idea why we're going to that place to do a clearing or helping a ghost or helping another person with a loved one or helping illnesses. We don't understand why we're doing it. We just feel good in doing it. Something always is gifted to us, mm -hmm. literally. Like uh, it could be uh, material things. It could be um, an ease in getting something uh, past that we were waiting for or shifting to a new home or, or something to do with the car or the getting the dishwasher fixed. It, and it sounds so simple, but it really, and it's, um, what happens is it makes us weave our way through this uh, 3D world with ease and grace. Yeah. It literally does. Um, 
you know, we've had some, we were in the Lismore floods, but we learnt so much in the Lismore floods. We did. We learnt so much and met so many great people mm. and and helped each other. And the kids learnt so much. You know, we helped a lot of animals. We were out in the middle of the night saving animals in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I ask people that I know that live up there, like, what is the outcome of the Lismore farms? What what's the floods? What's happening up there? And the overarching message was community, love, connection, help, people helping each other, people helping each other, people helping each other, people helping. Each other. And you know, as you say, the animals like just devastation, yes, loss, yes. But the overarching thing was this coming together and and it really um instead of dividing the community, really brought the community together. Mm. Yeah. So that by doing that, we were gifted and uh, uh, through things that we do and the kids do through the day, we, we are gifted. So those gifts turn up uh, unconditionally as we need them. Yeah. And that's how, and that's how we're doing it. And yeah. people go, so you're winging it. And I go, well, yeah. Yeah, that's a way of putting it, winging it, winging it or 5D living. Like, yeah. Well, it's sort of angel type words, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> winging it, winging it. It is like a, <laughs> yeah, winging it. I love it. Yeah, angel type words. There's something that you said about insurance during your story about how you were thinking about life insurance and then you thought rather than paying life insurance, let's just look after ourselves. I remember reading in the Seth books years ago, do you know the Seth? communication channeled communication that came through in the 60s through a woman called Jane Roberts and Seth said I read them 30 odd years ago 40 years ago Seth said that insurance if you're thinking about how to be deliberate and creating like you said we create our reality when you're paying insurance you're literally creating the thing that you're worried about like he also said going for mammograms and looking for lumps and all this stuff that we think from a 3d level is like being responsible and you know responsible responsible is actually creating what we don't want and uh yeah so car insurance it's like you're creating a car accident <laughs> self insurance you're creating illness this is a really good subject subject that you brought up because today on my walk i had a play out of somebody talking to me going well, this is all just make-believe. And I went, yeah, it is make-believe. Are you hearing the words you've just said to me? And they said, yes, it's just make-believe. I said, I don't think you are. I don't think you've understood the words you have just said to me. You are make-believe. Make-believe is um, the word believe is belly of Eve, which is the placenta, which is the placebo effect, which is the place of entry, which is where we believe the true heart is, the swing, which is the yin and the yang that creates the black bile, which is the chess game. And if we can return to our place of entry, our point, our belly button, and not blame our parents, not blame anyone, just remember that spot where we came in to this avatar. 
and go from there before all the goop has been put on us through the matrix, the matrix, the mothers being tricked. Because that's how you can enslave many is through the, the, the matrix because the children want to please their mothers. And we've all been tricked over the years with much that we see in Hollywood or through the realms. And so now go back to the place of entry, our center point to our gut feelings and go from those feelings, go from there. And that's the point. So whenever I always say to myself when I'm losing it, because I lose it, I'm like everyone else, I lose it because it, it gets overwhelming if everything's going and the dogs are barking and phones ringing. And I do, I lose it. I go, what's the point? And then I go, oh, that's right. I've got to remember the point. Come back to the center. And that's the center of the four cardinals. And come back to the center, which is our fifth element, the supreme being. And that's the path, the Tao. That's where we walk from, is back there. But we, you have to take off the goop. <laughs> and that's why what you just said is so, such an important topic, is um, because it comes back to your belief systems. I, and you do have a choice. We've just forgotten that we have a choice. I love what you just said. I think the whole third dimensional experience is to make someone believe <laughs> like you we come from unimaginable brilliance and infinite intelligence and love and and then we come into this world and then we're made to believe that we're separate that we're not enough that we're unworthy like we're made to believe all this stuff like make believe it's all make believe it's all make believe like you you call it goop <laughs> Yeah. So well, the word um, yesterday uh, or two days ago, I was in with a session with someone and they brought up university. And I went, oh, I know, because I know that the first universities were started in Bologna in Italy. And I've actually been there. That's one of the places in Italy I have been. I always find that interesting where I've been. It's like a key point. And I was like, okay, it's part of the show again. All right. So what is it, Bologna? So that's where the first universities, before universities, was the magicians, the witches, the sorcerers, the seers, the grandmothers, the fathers, the storytellers. They were the ones that shared the information. They would interpret dreams, signs, and that was how they assisted communities and their children. They would share with them the story and then they could go through their day-to-day -day and weave through their day-to-day. Yeah. Then they brought in the universities and the religion and they had more control in it. The word university, I went, okay, I'm going to have to look up that one. So university, uh, once you go through all the uh, different levels and it's universe and then leave. That's what the, so universe and leave or loan. So they're asking us to leave the universe Interesting. while they loan our mind. So they, so they loan and mine you. They literally mine you. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, wow, that's really, that's huge because 
usually it's the ones with all the degrees that tell me I'm make-believe. And I I agree with them. I say, yeah, I am make-believe. <laughs> so. Yeah, I had this gorgeous lady on the show I've known for years, Valerie Barrow. Have you ever heard of Valerie Barrow? She left her body last year. She was in her 90s. She actually had a lot to do. Alcharinga, um, she used, uh, used to channel a, a being called Alcharinga that she started channeling at the Gosford Glyphs that you were talking about. And she was so sweet. She said during the show, she said, um, oh, you know, I didn't have any formal schooling. I went to the universe city. She said, my schooling comes from the university. I went to the Star Academy, the university. It all came through channeling everything that she knew. I thought that was so cute the way she used the word university, the university. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm that one. I'm, I might have to. I think that's you can so use sweet. that one, Valerie. But um, I was going to say to you, you should connect with her in spirit because she is coming through during this transmission and uh, she has a lot to share with you. A lot to wow. share with you. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you for that because I love that because the kids say, so what are you going to tell people? What are you going to share with people? And I say, oh, most people are just curious how we're making it sort of fit into Making our lives. it work, yeah. yeah. And So do you charge for sessions? Like do you have some sort of formal? Yeah. Uh, so in uh, we started uh, doing sessions and mm -hmm. then the kids are like, so what do you do in the sessions? And I mm -hmm. said, well, I actually don't place any restriction on it. So I just guided what happens. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I listen to their frequency and go from there. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, But a lot of the flavour that we're having come through is that these people that are coming through are practitioners around the world. Mm -hmm. They're doulas, they're mm -hmm. uh, pediatricians, they're Reiki specialists, they're mm -hmm. yoga, they're religious councils in huge numbers, by the way, like absolutely huge. And uh, or they're um, Steiner principals mm, from schools, like yeah. teachers around the, these is around the world. And they said that we've been doing this for so long and we love our job, but I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I, I've lost passion for it and it's since the lockdowns and I said, well, look, you are not alone. Yeah. You are not alone and the words that we get is stalemate and the reason that it's stalemate is back to the spleens, uh, the chess game, which is perfect because Richard and the kids all play chess. Um, I, I really uh, don't play chess well, by the way. <laughs> the kids love playing me because I always lose in the first. Anyway, uh, they're all really good at it, but um, they, they're at a stalemate. They don't know what the next step is in this new way of this new world coming through. Yeah. And it's literally in the imagination. That's why they can't remote view all these space soldiers and and we've come across a lot of that in coming Secrets. out the last year yes yeah, yeah. space stations and yeah. programs and astronauts uh are sharing with us that they can't see past this because they can't see imagination they can't it's impossible because we have 
Karen, who has her imagination and her magicness, and then you have the kids, and then you have the lady at the store. There's so many versions of it. There's, it's impossible. So it comes up a lot to people looking black. And the reason that it comes up this void looking black, it's very similar to the place of entry, the placenta. It's where the seed is the dark soil where the new grows. And mm. we shed, each of us shed our own light in there and it ignites each other like little explosions. And you cannot remote view it. Mm. And I love it because that brings me peace as a mum. Yeah. Because for a long time um, I w- was very unsure why I've brought so many of these beautiful little souls into the world that yeah. were looking pretty dismal. And I was confused why, you know, I was confused that I have brought this many in and everyone's telling me it's such a bad place. Darling, you've definitely done your, your work. You, I, I'm thinking eight children, you would have been pregnant for a long time. A long who time. Was, who was I speaking to? I can't remember who it was that was talking about the new kids blanketing the earth and new consciousness. You know, the kids are coming in en masse. Even I did a session here in Sydney. Um, we had an event. I put on an event and uh, we were talking about the COVID kids because everyone was in lockdown, so people had lots of sex, so there were lots of pregnancies, the COVID kids. <laughs> Blanketing. That's a thing, isn't it? That's a thing. Yeah, there's been heaps of babies born since COVID because, like, everyone was like bored. What do we do? What's I'm saying? (laughs) Blanketing the world in a new consciousness, and you've done your part. Eight children. What are the age, like, what's the age of the oldest and the youngest? So, uh, Jem, our eldest, she's uh, 21. Okay. Jeannie's 10 going on 50. <laughs> she's wow. One of, she's one so of you ones had that, eight children in, yeah. in like 11 years. Wow. Yeah. You were yeah. busy. Gosh, you were really busy. I mean, you're still busy. Well, it was funny because we'd ring up and say, guess what? And they go, yeah, we know you're obviously pregnant again. <laughs> I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> Blanketing the world in a new consciousness. You've done your part in doing that. Yeah. But I see you guys being involved in the new education system because this is something I'm passionate about. And COVID was um, a big step forward because of all the people that left their jobs because they didn't agree with the mandates, teachers were like this greater percentage. And then they came together because they lost their jobs and said, well, let's start our own education system. So there were like new schooling or lots of homeschooling and then homeschooling turned into groups. Like they were like, rather than just homeschooling one child in one home, let's homeschool a few children in one home. Like, and so these new ways of educating has has started and um, you say that you were dyslexic. I was dyslexic as well. So when I was in school, I didn't do school. I didn't do 3D school. I could paint. I could draw. I was probably incredibly psychic, didn't understand any of that. And, um, you know, did anything creative, but I couldn't read or write <laughs> or, or, you know, wrote, learn. I couldn't write, learn. And uh, I like the whole system has to change to uh, accommodate this new consciousness that's blanketing the earth i mean the whole system has to change so yeah well our family we've been doing this uh but not knowing why we were doing but we have been living this way for you know three decades 
and it works. Yeah. So, um, and we're okay and we're looked after and things turn up as we need it yeah. and it keeps, it keeps working. So it's a way of us not sharing our story and saying you have to do it this way, but just find your way of spinning, your way of doing it, and it will work for you and believe in it because it's your show. It's your spin. It's your your oh, style. The way you spin yeah. it. I've just got it. You know, you call yourself. <laughs> I've just got it. The way you spin, like how are you spinning that? Yeah, because there's that expression, you know, the spin doctor. Like what are you saying? Like you're when you're speaking, you're spinning you're creating your reality through your spinning spin. your words. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I've never heard of it, thought of it as spinning. Oh, words. I just, I just, yeah. Like you're spinning spells, like spinning uh, spells. Yep. Yeah. What's your spin? Yeah. Spin yeah. beings. Like we're all spin beings. Our stories are our spin. You know, oh, I'm this and I'm depressed and oh, I can't do this and, I, and I'm not good at that. And I've got this beautiful friend who's one of the most intelligent, beautiful people, but she can't, does, oh, I don't understand technology. I don't know how to do that. I'm like, is that what you're spinning? Is that what you're going to create? <gasps> oh, I said, yeah. you're really, you're one of the most highly intelligent people I know. Is that the story you're going to keep? And she goes, yeah, I could change that. Like I can change that spin. Yeah, exactly. Spin doctor, spin beings. Yeah, how we're spinning. Because, you know, Nassim Haramain talks about how everything's spinning, you know, everything's in motion and everything's spinning. The universe is spinning, we're spinning, our atoms are spinning, it's all spinning. I love it you brought up his name because I love him. uh, One one of the ways with the homeschooling with the kids is we brought up his uh, the slit theory. And the oh, yeah. theory mm-hmm. chops up science. It basically gets science and throws it in the bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, the slit theory is all about your focus. Which pupils uh, is it? Is the spin coming from, or the show, or the message? And uh, so, when we're in interviews, telling people our show and our experiences, these experiences have happened for us. They're not things we've seen. They're things that have actually happened to us. So we're sharing our pupil's version of that. How you perceive it will be different Mm. and then how we perceive your versions will be different. Like it's all how it's perceived. So then you start to go, wow, it really isn't real. And it is make believe, and yeah. and the craziness that's been happening in the last three years makes me look less and less crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, before, <laughs> just before we go, because we've been talking for ages, and you put your kids. Are prob- oh, so your kids are probably um, you know dying yeah. to get back in the kitchen and make starving. <laughs> so, but I'd love you to share. I heard you share a healing story by the beings. You had an accident or something and you had a healing. Can you share that with us just before we go? I think it's the one where I broke my back. Is that this? Yeah. So uh, Richard just had left and I was leading my horse and my horse reared and the yearling, the younger horse, uh, kicked at my horse, but my horse pulled me out. In She moved out of the way and pulled me and uh, the if you've ever seen a horse's hind legs come up, it's a great power. Anyway, her, her two hooves cracked my spine and uh, I, I had one last breath and I called out to kids and fell to the ground and that was it for me. I was levelled out for 
I think it was three months. Um, the first 24 hours was, I just, it was, it was absolute terror. And um, I was in the lounge room and I couldn't move. I could barely move my eyeballs. I couldn't cry. I couldn't scream. And when I, I could make a noise, I would just like sh shriek and um, I would have, I was sweating and then not sweating. I couldn't go to the bath. I just was just like entombed in my body and um, I had 24 hours of this just excruciating pain and this is so Richard he comes into the room and says okay you've had 24 hours of pain are you going to put into practice everything you've been doing and I looked up at him and I remember looking up at him and went oh <laughs> and as soon as he said it, I had uh, a Perusian warrior come through. And as this Perusian warrior came through, uh, he was of uh, great strength and he kept showing me gold armor. In the other room, Gigi is drawing the being that I'm at the same time. Like, <laughs> anyway, uh, the pains. Uh, the pain dropped to a numbness that I could handle and then uh, a reptilian type being that doesn't look like the normal media reptilian being called House Presented and Gigi was also drawing that being as well. She usually draws a few at the same time, Gigi. Anyway, uh, House Presented and House showed me how to heal my ions and move them around my body. And he showed me um, daily practices to do and he would, uh, because I was in a fragile state, he would uh, ease it through me uh, as I went. As, as I got a little bit better each day, he would take it up a notch. And the messages I got from being, other beings that were coming through, through the kids, because they're still doing it all and it's all still going on. It's just I'm, I'm in plank position <laughs> and the one of the things that um the beings not only shared with myself but with the children is that uh elsa has to be lying down to collect all this new information coming through uh, because she couldn't be doing it and doing her day-to-day -day things so we need her to lie lie still for a while because you you won't be able to take that information if you were still out in the farm or, or doing dishes and or driving a car. They wanted me to be flat for a while. And so it gave it all a greater purpose. And uh, I, I love that. I, I, I did love that. They also marked me. They marked me two weeks before with a triangle on my back and then the horseshoe, just a horseshoe. So... Um, it was delta constant and so constant change. That was the message, constant change. And I was like, you didn't have to mark me. I could have, I'm sure we could have done this. We could have come to an agreement some other, but, you know, we're in our <laughs> human form here. So. <laughs> so when they rearranged the molecules or the atoms, you healed. Yes. 
He called him House. I love that name, House. That's a great name. House. Yeah, House. House. House, yeah. yeah. He was quite very definite. A lot of them come through. They're really serious. And um, we've heard other people say they're rude and Gigi finds some of them really rude too. And uh, the little girls say they say words they're not allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not really anything like that for them. So I wonder why they think they're rude, probably because they don't have all the human politeness and vernacular that we use, you know, in our, the way we mm. communicate, because they communicate telepathically. So it's difficult for them to try and communicate to a linear human mind in the way that we understand communication yeah. and language. Yeah. And it would come through as rude, I suppose, for many. Yeah. Well, a lot of them find we, uh, especially with the children when they've had, because uh, we have uh, the meditation ones, then we have the dream ones, then we have the real life ones and the grounded ones and then the craft ones and the star ones. So there's all different ways they present. They don't just present in one way. And a lot of them are just fascinated with how us humans are. They yeah. just think it's amazing how we've turned our senses off. Yep. Mm -hmm. They find that there are some people and channelers and things have said that they even find it they're almost jealous how that we are able to do that because they want that experience. They can't do it because they they remembered from day one. Yeah, they I wouldn't were, say jealous as much as curious. Yeah, curious. Fascinated. I've had this conversation with them and uh, with many different beings. Uh, and and even spirit who are looking at the earth experience and haven't had an earth experience and the curiosity like how does that <laughs> how can you forget who you are how can you have a thought of separate like they don't understand it so it's kind of like if you live in a hot climate and you've never seen snow or experienced cold and you see something on the internet of people shivering and making snow like how does that work I don't I don't understand like they we just you don't get it until you experience it so yeah so not only is the new consciousness blanketing the world the star beings are here blanketing the world because they're <laughs> fascinated about what it is to be human and how yeah. all that stuff is turned off yeah oh darling one it has been fascinating I have loved every minute of this I have loved listening to you it just there's so much more to your story I'm sure and you've got so much a wealth of knowledge to share with people and the kids I wanted to quiz you more about the kids but maybe we can do that another time uh, you know how the kids are integrating this information how they're interacting socially with their friends there are the, all the kids homeschooled or do they go to school the first four when we were in Sydney were going to school. Going to school. Mm -hmm. And then we shifted up here and then we just sort of, before it was before COVID, we started homeschool and we just realised it wasn't right anymore for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Byron area, the area that you're in like 20 years, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I was going up there and there were all the galactics and the ETs <laughs> were all up there. I, I remember I was on my beginning of my healing consciousness journey and I was into all of the galactics. They you know, but I sort of stayed away because I was studying other things. But yeah, there's a huge galactic component up there. Huge. Have you found, you know, tribe up there? Have you found community? We've found, we've come across like uh, the local uh, traditional farmers and, and um, fishermen 
because we're a fishing family. That's how we feed our family. And uh, but uh, spiritual people, we uh, this is the most now what we're we're doing right now. Yeah, we've it's been a zero. <laughs> zero. That's amazing because yeah. I used to go up there to be amongst spiritual know, people right? like I used to yeah. leave Sydney to go and be amongst and you know we put on bulls up there we had high like 20 odd years ago we put on the higher self ball my my daughter who wasn't exposed to this sort of information in Sydney would go up there and all the kids were running around they were like yeah I talk to beings and I do this and mum does this and mum's into crystals and and yeah. she used to hang out with all the kids that I don't know has it changed up there I don't think so but um, I don't think it's changed we just we just kept kept to yourselves that's yeah. all we just kept to ourselves so now that we're coming out people are like oh we live just down the road like yeah uh, well steve and evan strong from forgotten origin yeah just down the road they're Sorry. down the road yeah <laughs> everyone's it's, just down the road <laughs> everyone's down the road yeah it's a huge <laughs> conscious yeah. spiritual galactic starsea community in that mm. area not the byron bay byron bay is like a town for people listening overseas which is a very touristy town, but the area, the hinterland, it's called the Northern Rivers, that whole area. It's huge. It attracts all the star seeds, light workers, healers. I remember years ago, 20 odd years ago, 25 years ago, I was up there contemplating living up there. And my girlfriend, who was living up there at the time, who worked in the film industry, she said to me, Yeah, you could move up here and move into Suffolk Park, which is just near Byron Bay. We call it Suffering Park because that's where all the healers who make no money live. <laughs> and I thought that sounds terrible to move up to Byron Bay and be a healer with all the other healers who are making no money. And the guide said to me, yeah, it was a message for you because you're, you're, you're meant to stay in Sydney because that's where the people are. The people that need you are the people in Sydney. And I'm like, okay, I'll stay in Sydney. <laughs> But one day I'm getting, I'm going up there. My daughter's living up there at the moment. It's a beautiful place to live. Oh, she probably lives up the road. <laughs> she lives near Mullum, so no, not up the road, but not far, not, not half far. an hour, not far. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been so beautiful to hear your story. Yeah. Thank you so much for having and allowing us to share our story. It's been fun. It's been great. Fascinating story. We just really scratched the surface with that long conversation. I think we're yakking for almost two hours, maybe not quite as long because we were talking for quite a long time before I press record and a long time after I finished the recording. Uh, fascinating story. I'll get um, Elsa back on the show or in the Inner Sanctum and you can quiz her if you like maybe uh, next year, at the beginning of next year or maybe at the end of this year. But um, there's a lot more to come I felt like because we connected over a year ago she's only just started speaking over the last couple of years year and a half but I was one of the first people she connected with but we didn't get it together to get the show happening I think that I'd asked her to come on but she was busy that day and you know stuff happens and then uh, Brandon Thomas from um, Expanding Realities like said to me a few months ago get her on get her on get her on I'm like oh yeah 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 and uh, so we finally did it. But I felt like having that time since she started communicating this stuff online has helped her integrate and sort it all out. And maybe if I'd spoken to her a year or a year and a half ago, it wouldn't have been such a cohesive conversation. Anyway, I just feel like there's a lot more to come, a lot more experiences, a lot more messages, a lot more 
programs yeah there's a lot more to come as the guide says she's just getting started even though she's been experiencing this and the kids have been experiencing it and drawing pictures and everything for ages she's just getting started as far as teaching and sharing the experiences Mm. yeah fascinating fascinating god she's busy she's got like three dogs seven kids at home some of the boyfriends and girlfriends that are living there too horses you know, God, could you what more could you put on your plate? <laughs> she puts me to shame. <laughs> me and my cat and my daughter who comes to visit and a few people that come and stay. She puts me to shame. She's a busy lady. Busy lady. But uh yeah, fascinating. What did you think? What did you think about the conversation? Did it activate something in you? Did it spark a remembrance of your galactic star family? I'd love to hear about it. Let me know. All right. Who's coming up in the Inner Sanctum? Ha, Moon Walker Tucker is going to be our next guest speaker. I'm on this weekend, this Sunday's in Sydney, Saturday afternoon in the States and Canada. We get together, have a little chat. I often don't record them. I don't do them live when it's just me because we just get together and chat and people can speak and ask questions and say anything they like and, and not be recorded or up on YouTube. But the ones that I do record and put up on YouTube are the ones when I invite a guest teacher and Moonwalker Tucker is going to be our next one. She, I was on her podcast, podcast show. She started a podcast show this year a couple of months ago. And uh, so we'll hear about how that's going. And she was on my show last year, the year before. She had a uh, motorcycle accident and she had an out-of-body experience and in this expanded awareness, she realized that she's the creator of her reality and she had all these downloads. And, and so she's got a lot to share about how we are the creators of our reality. Uh, she had her arm, which, which side was it, left or right? I'm not sure, maybe left, can't remember, ground off when she had the motorcycle accident. Uh, so, uh, she, so she's missing half an arm, but that didn't stop her. Actually, she said that after she had the accident and she was you know, disabled in a way, she was more positive than ever as she had this remembrance of our powers of creation and our powers of belief, our make-believe, how we make-believe everything that we experience in our lives. And didn't you love that with Elsa? Make-believe, we make it up. We're making it all up. We are the creators of our reality. We're making it all up. Something the guide said to me over and over and over and over again when I asked them, when I started to perceive stuff about people when I was a masseuse, I started to see people's past lives. I'd know their thoughts. I'd know their fears. I'd see their future. And I used to say to my guides, and I'm, I'm making this all up. And they'd say, yes. I said, no, no, it's just my imagination. Am I making this stuff up? They'd say, yes. And they'd say, you have to understand, Karen, you're making all of it up. <laughs> Even the fact that you've got someone on your massage table and you're massaging them, it's all a part of your co-creation. I'm like, right, it started to sink in then that what we call imagination is soul or spirit or other realms speaking to us. And we are a vibrational match. We are in alignment with that frequency and it comes through as imagination. Yep, we're making it all up. This world is a creation of our imagination. All right, so that'll be lovely. That's happening mid-July. Uh, Check it out on karenswain.com slash inner sanctum and you'll see the other teachers that I've got coming in. Uh, Alan Steinfeld said that he's going to come and chat to us in a couple of months. Hopefully he won't let me down. I know he's going to Egypt 
one month and he said can't do it i'll be in egypt so hopefully he'll come and meet us because he's got a lot going on so we're going to catch up with alan see what he's up to and lots of other fabulous people and i'll get elsa into the inner sanctum one day soon too i might catch up with mary too i haven't catch, caught up with mary rodwell for a while big love to all of you and remember to check out the book awakened by death if you haven't already and i'll catch you next time bye for now <laughs>